Welcome back. Today we'll be talking about Joel Tudor, his thoughts on how his community keeps evolving and changing from all the real estate developers, Garvey, Major League Baseball player, now potential senator, and a real estate update. So I already did that. So, Hey, I was wondering if we could start it off. Uh, we had four viewers that uh, sent some questions in. Do you think we could start off with that? Sure. Yeah. Do you have the Great. questions uh, lined up? Yeah. Yeah, I have them ready. Um, Perfect. The first one is from uh, Tony Gwynn the Goat. That's his name. Um, I do agree with him. But uh, yeah. the question is, did Sway still support the Dodgers between 1988 and 2020 when they were not winning championships? <laughs> do you have any insight on you know what Sway may think about that? You know Sway longer than I have. Yeah. I would imagine he's a very honorable guy, so I would imagine he did. Um, but I mean, what do you think about that? Sway is a stand-up guy. He's like Mr. Clean. We'll probably talk about that soon. Garvey's referred to as Mr. Clean back in the day when he played mm -hmm. in the 80s. And uh, to answer your question, yes, Sway has always been a Dodger supporter from what I know. His father is also a Dodger supporter, and I think it goes back further than that. So he's been a fanatic of the Dodgers for the whole time. So it's not like he just picked up on that bandwagon. So respect right, to right. Sway for that. And respect to him, you know, especially is it's very good to rep one team your whole life. I completely agree with that. So respect right. this way, right? Um, yep. The next question, there's four questions. So the next question comes from johncena.com. Um, how many hmm. teams does Andrew support? Two. Two, okay. Angels I actually couldn't answer and that. Yankees. I, wasn't, I couldn't answer that question. So I'm glad that you, uh, you know, brought that to light. Uh, yes. The third question. I hope everybody has that clear now. It's only two teams. I'm not a Dodger supporter, although I have some favorite Dodger players that I will be repping them maybe every now and then. But besides that, no. Um, the third question comes from Saints Fan42069. I don't know if we're going to have to edit that out or not, but will Nick be appearing on any more episodes or has wow. he had enough of you guys? You know, sometimes I think he's had enough of us because. I don't know. Overall, I think we could get a little controversial sometimes, but that's what makes it fun, mm -hmm. right? So that's my thoughts. He will be on, I guess, is what he told me in the next episode. But what do you, what do you think, Chris? I want to hear what your thoughts. I mean, I've known him longer. I think I've known him like five, six years now. You've known him less than a year, maybe. So mm -hmm. actually almost a year. So what do you think about Nick's I, outlook? I think we're going to say something that really bothers him, and he's going to come back on the next episode and address it. So we'll stand oh, by wow. for that. That's my prediction. So you think he's going to take us head on? on yeah, I think, on I think we're going to say matter. something that he's just not cool with, uh, you know, about some kind of a current event. And right. he's going to say, you know what? I've had enough. Let's go on now. And then we're just going to have to drop everything wherever we, we are. We could be grocery shopping anywhere. He's going to want to address it right then and there. <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be cool. And yeah. then the final question. And hey, everybody, just keep in mind, if you comment, there's a big chance we're going to read these. Um, and so if you want to get your question read, this is the way to do it. Comment in the videos, like, and subscribe. Of course, we're always going to say that the final question comes from fangirl1984. Glad to see we have female viewers out there. Yes. Um, finally. Is, good. Is Chris single? And <laughs> I got to say, fortunately, we just got through the Valentine's holiday. Fortunately, I'm not, but you know, send applications and we'll get back to you when there's any vacancies. But right now, I am not single, unfortunately for you, fortunately for me. And that's all of our questions. 
All right, perfect. Thank you for bringing those up. Yeah, definitely mm -hmm. submit your questions. I agree with you, Chris. Thank you for that. Those are actually really good too. Um, so let's talk about Joel Tudor. He's a professional surfer from the 80s and on, right? He's known for the vintage style of surfing with the longboard. So I came across Joel Tudor on his Instagram after I found out about Mitch's Surf Shop. My friend who taught me how to surf in October last year bought me a shirt of Mitch's Surf Shop. And since I started following them on Instagram, I ended up following Joel Tudor. And I saw this recurring theme going on. Besides his content is amazing, by the way. I think the guy's amazing. Just putting that out there right now. Mm -hmm. But every now and then he'll post some things about real estate and real estate developers that he's not very pleased with on how they're changing his coastal community in San Diego. So I want to throw up a video of him surfing real quick, give him his, you know, his the positivity he's given to the community on why he's so great and skilled. And then we'll go into his Instagram post. But uh, while I do that, Chris, have you heard of him before? Because I'm very new to understanding who he was in general. I haven't heard of him, but, you know, you brought up a very good point. I'm a project manager. And one thing you have to take into account when you're doing a project of any sort, it could be real estate, it could be commercial real estate, you always have, it could be a government project, you always have to uh, take account of the community, any kind of environmental impact, any business right. impact. So when you're doing something that can affect multiple stakeholders, especially a community, you have to consider those uh, risks. It could be bad PR for your business, if you're doing, you know, the things that he's going to describe in this. Yeah, for sure. And and you know what, before I even show those videos, I actually want to hone in a little bit on your background. You recently got a certificate of some sort in your project management. I don't know if you want to talk about that or if you can talk about that. I think it's good for the community and audience to kind of have an idea of how mm -hmm. good you are at what you do and your expertise. Yeah, well, the, the certification is really, you get it after having years of experience of working mm -hmm. with you already need to have experience working as a project manager to get your PMP certificate to even apply for it. So, and in, in the exam is, you know, they do try, they try to trick you. Um, it is a very tricky exam, but there are ways to study for it. Reddit was a big help for me, but I got my PMP certification in January. And realistically for me, it wasn't that difficult because for close to a decade, I've been working uh, yeah. close and learning from really great project managers that have little by little instilled all the principles of project management into me. So for me, when it came to studying, I was really, everything I studied, I was like, oh wait, I already know that, I already know that. For me, it was very simple. <laughs> that's always a, amazing. Yeah, and that is, that's the way it's actually supposed to happen. But some people try to Skip you know, kind of cheat the, cheat the system, fake experience, you know, but you're gonna end up having a very difficult time studying if you do things like that. But, but uh, it was a good experience and getting that to kind of cap off all the experience before moving on to new opportunities. Um, it, it was kind of just like the, uh, it's kind of like winning a Super Bowl almost at the end of a, a uh, an occupation with a company right, working with right. a different team, you know? So it was good. Right, no, congrats to you, man. Cause I know, I know it takes time and hours of studying and luckily you already have that experience, but either way, mm -hmm. good stuff on your end. And one last question um, for you, because in business we hear shareholder, right? If you get your, go through business or get a degree or whatever mm -hmm. shareholder. The, the next thing people talked about as of the last 20 years, maybe in terms mm -hmm. of getting, gaining popularity uh, more. So the last 10 years is stakeholder, the word stakeholder. Yeah. You can explain what that means because you did mm -hmm. just mention that right now. 
Yeah, and, and uh, stakeholders is a very broad term. It really mm -hmm. means anyone who is or can be impacted by what you're doing. So it could be if you're designing a new cell phone for uh, Apple, mm -hmm. it's basically going to be anybody who uses an iPhone plus you know any team teammates or managers associated with it. If you're doing something smaller like uh, making you know a process for how you're <clears> going to do daily reporting and within a company, the stakeholder is going to be much smaller. It's going to be the immediate team, all the employees, right. you know, some higher management maybe that wants to see the reporting. But it just depends on anyone that's going to be impacted by what you're working on as a stakeholder to your project. And you have to always uh, reassess who the stakeholders are and you have to uh, assess how important they are to the project and how much they care, how much um, uh, influence they have over the project, how much power they have over the project. These are all the things that you have to constantly assess throughout the life cycle of a pro uh, project that you're working on. And I think that assessment needs to be reoccurring, like you said, because it also affects people not only using the product or service, but when that product goes to waste, you know, right. the effects of that. And then even the people that create it from not just like the Apple headquarters, the employees there, but like people in China that are creating these iPhones mm -hmm. too, right? Or Taiwan, wherever it is now, Vietnam. Right. All stakeholders. stakeholders. Right. Absolutely. And so, so the... The person that we're going to watch a video on is a stakeholder to these right. real estate development projects that may or may not have been considered when doing these projects. Exactly. So let's get right into it. Let's show let's show Joel Tudor doing his thing on the surfboard longboarding. Mm -hmm. All right. This is Joel Tudor on his uh, longboard. So that's what he's known for. I mean, this guy's pretty cool, dude. Right. I feel like <clears throat> that's probably like one of the best careers you can have besides maybe being a major league baseball player. I mean, who would not want to be out on the waves almost every day? You know what I mean? Especially, you know, someone like him who's probably been training since he was a child. This is all meditation to him. This is all muscle memory. Right. He goes to work and when he leaves work, he's less stressed out than when he got there. Dude, Most of us can't agree with that. Know. You know, we can't relate to that. I mean, not agree, but relate to that. Relate. Yeah. Have you been surfing yet or not yet? I have uh, Ace 11 PB, but uh -huh. um, I'm definitely no Joel. I'll tell you that. No, right definitely now. But, not. Me either. I've but I'll tell you this. Like, even if you're not great, just being out waiting for a wave to come is just one of the greatest feelings ever. You don't have to right. be good at it to enjoy it. No, I agree with that. I was about to say maybe we can we can mm -hmm. uh, try surfing together, but it's not going to work anymore because yeah. you're moving, dude. That's true. Uh, I mean, oh, wow. hopefully they have waves on the East Coast, though. <laughs> yeah. I've heard in Virginia they do, uh, you know, a good amount of surfing. Really? Could they, could, they could be making that up. I don't know. They probably don't you know might. what they're missing out here. You're right. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna show his Instagram in a second, so we can go through some of those posts. I think it should be relatively easily to go through it. All right. So this is an Instagram Joel Jiu-Jitsu, or no Joel Jitsu. He's got 188,000 followers. He, like we said, he's a professional surfer, all around badass Californian from San Diego. I think it's University City is where he's precisely from. Um, and he's also a black belt in jiu-jitsu. So this guy could also kick everyone's ass for the most part. So <laughs> dangerous man right there. Um, yep. So look, he's, he's got some cool content. But every now and then, you'll come across some content where he talks about what's going on in his community. Like, one right here that we'll get into in a second, but he talks about this specific um, 
garage here. Do you see that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a picture of a modern garage for those who are just listening. It's a modern looking garage. And he writes right above it. If you see these on your street, rent is about to quadruple. So um, some of the comments on here are pretty hilarious. Uh, one of these guys says, I say we tax the shit out of them. Second homes, investment, property, speculators, gentrifiers, and corporate entities all get sent. And we take that money for schools, legacy, business, public parks, and libraries. What do you say? Uh, we got another one here. Wait, wait. Can I address that one? Go for it. If I felt like taxing, like the money ends up in responsible hands, like I would agree with that statement. But um, because of that, it's like, where does it really go? Who knows? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because I don't feel like I don't feel like it gets invested in the right way in, in the state. No, possibly no. in the country. Right. Once a politician taxes you, gets that yeah. money, it just disappears in the middle of nowhere. And it, we don't really see where that money goes, in my opinion. I, so, but, I, I, but, I but I think I think that comments more of like, uh, you know, sometimes when judges are giving sentences down, there's not just a, um, um, you know, trying trying to get someone to rehabilitate in the society. Sometimes there's a penile fa uh, phase where they're trying to punish you. And so I feel like that com comment comes from more of a punishment face. But at the same time, I just don't think, I mean, we're, we're just going to punish people that way. I feel like right. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the only solution. I don't know. Or we can just shame them publicly. I think that's probably the better solution like we're doing right now. <laughs> so <laughs> let me just throw this out there to everyone listening and watching. As you know, I'm a realtor and I'm pro-capitalism, pro-business. So some of these things we're going to go through, I can agree with some of the people commenting and with Joel to an extent, but there's certain things that I do not agree with, kind of like what you're bringing up, Chris. Um, but I want to go through these comments and mm -hmm. then we'll definitely comment our own opinion. But right. um, when gentrification happens, it's kind of, sometimes it's a necessity where it's a way of advancing the community. But at the same time, like we were saying earlier with stakeholders, um, the people implementing these projects and things like that, they need to keep those people in mind that are from there. So We'll get into that in a moment, but I'm going to keep going with these comments. Um, this other person says, the major irony, of course, being that rent doubles, but those materials are less expensive, crappier, shittier, and end of end up in a landfill faster than the wood garage door it replaced. And then Joel Tudor says, doubles, three bed, two bath in Cardiff by the sea is $10,000 a month. In the last four years, the state of California has quadrupled in living costs. So obviously, there's a little bit of outrage here. Mm -hmm. Same with this post, $6,500 a month. This was back uh, a couple months ago in Oceanside. So in Oceanside, it's a community in San Diego that's known to be, um, it's still desirable, but it's still got some work to do in terms of improving overall. Um, mm -hmm. But this this home, which is not a bad looking home, is getting $6,500 a month. And obviously he's uh, referring to it now as the Venice Beach because Venice Beach is an LA beach community. You mm -hmm. know, it was kind of that, uh, um, not a luxury, but it's definitely an expensive community. Now it's a luxury. Mm -hmm. Oceanside is now going to be that luxury aspect. I was telling my wife when we were looking right. to buy in, um, in San Diego, that Oceanside is a spot. And I still believe that to this day, Oceanside is one of the best places to invest mm -hmm. in. Just throwing that out there. 
Yeah, I mean, Oceanside and Temecula were places that people would buy to get a better deal in this region because they're in between LA and San Diego, almost right. in the middle. And right. so I can I can understand Joel's frustration about that, about the price 100%. increase. For me, I'm more concerned about is our family is going to actually be living in it? Because if not, you know, we've identified the problem. Is this going to be right. an investment property for, you know, a foreign country or is this going to be an investment property for a, a large corporation, BlackRock? Then I can really that's what I'm really more worried about, because I feel like that's what's driving a lot of these prices up. And I could be wrong about that. I'm not an expert. No. So that way. I'm very glad you brought that up. I actually have been planning to do a podcast on that subject. We're not going to do that today just because you and I still need to do more research on it. Mm -hmm. But there are countries, you Mexico know, and Canada, that are investing real estate here. Oh, and they're kind of I was going to say, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say they're kind of screwing a lot of Americans over because mm -hmm. these other countries are buying properties. Some of them sit vacant, uh, talking about farmland too, but also single family. And you're right, mm -hmm. there is some uh, large corporations buying real estate. And mm -hmm. the purpose is just to rent it out. But I want to, I would definitely want to touch base on that next time, but on the mm -hmm. next episode, hopefully we can do that. Um, but let me go ahead and continue. But you're right. I agree with you to some degree. Let um, me just say why I said Mexico and Canada. All I'm saying you, is I didn't I'm hear you say Mexico and Canada. Yeah. I said it earlier. I want to make oh. sure everybody knows that I'm not talking about the, they're not the ones that are buying these properties. I'm saying that Mexico and Canada have policies similar to what I think we should have which mm -hmm. is you can't really a foreigner can't purchase land within a certain distance from the coast and but you can buy mainland both of those countries and i feel like that would alleviate at least part of the problem not all the problem but part of it that's a fair point i didn't i actually didn't know that um yeah. although i am mexican i was gonna say i didn't know that that was the case because i was mm -hmm. There was a point where I was looking at buying property in Mexico. My family too; they bought as well. American citizens buying in Mexico, but you have to the, get your—you have to be a citizen. The, well, so the law is with if it's within a hundred kilometers of the coast, you can get one of those ninety-nine-year leases, which basically, when you right. pass away, it doesn't <sighs> come with you. Right. Um, but if you want to buy in mainland away from the shore, you can actually as a, a foreigner. Interesting. That's. Yeah, so you can do that, but obviously the value, the money is coming from the coast, just like in America, just like in Canada, the value's on the coast. So well, that's, that's the thing, like with, with Joel, I, I get his frustration, but like the mm -hmm. beach communities, you know, over generations is going to get more expensive. No matter what you do, it's just a natural effect because there's not enough supply along the coast. It's just going to be a place that everybody mm -hmm. gravitates to, right, for the most part. Right. Um, right. So here's anyone? another photo uh, he posted. Uh, it's a Spanish looking home. It's very simple, but nice. Um, it's probably worth a lot too, to be honest with you. But he, he puts right. um, dope little houses of Del Mar tour. So Del Mar, San Diego, right by that mm -hmm. racetrack, beach community. Love me a good single story dwelling with style. Wish modern builders would make this a thing again. So, you know, definitely frustrated dude. I um, will say though, and look, lots of respect to Joel. I, I honestly, his lifestyle i really idolize he's a surfer mm -hmm. he's a jujitsu i mean these are great passions and hobbies that i wish i was right. more involved in but i will say you can't you know you basically can't have your cake and eat it too you can't say hey i like these single style dwellings and then not expect the price to be up all around right like this is a 
this is kind of an abundance situation is when you can have houses like that on the coast. Am I wrong about that? I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I do like those types of properties, but on the coast, if we if everybody had that, the prices would be way worse. I'm not sure I follow you. So it might, it, might, his... it might be the whiskey too. So no, no, read read his comment again. I want to make sure right, I get it right. Read it again. I'm gonna read what Joel put. Okay. Um, let me go back to that photo because so I like dope this dude, little. So... Yeah, no, 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 I, dude. Let me let me just put it out there. I like this guy a lot, and I have a lot of friends that are surfers. Like mm -hmm. I grew up with surfer friends, and they're the best fucking people overall. I mean, they're very peaceful, right? Like libertarian like people. Don't mess with me. I won't mess right. with you. You do what you want. So I totally get it. So he put um, dope little houses of Del Mar tour. Love me a good single story dwelling with style. Wish modern Absolutely. builders would make this a thing again. Absolutely. See, my point is, if let's say San Diego was that instead of apartment buildings and things of that nature, how much would it cost to live in San Diego? It would skyrocket, right? My whole point is you can have your cake and eat it too. I see what you're saying. If, if you're your talking point about is, is that it's so expensive to live here, everyone can't have these single story dwellings. I mean, it was, you could, but it would just be ridiculous pricing is what it would be, right? Am I wrong about that? I mean, you I would are, love the front yard and the backyard. Right, but I, I think what he's referring to, like literally what he's referring to is the builder who ends up buying this or whoever ends up buying, end user, whatever it might be, they're going to demolish that more than likely is what I think he's implying. Okay, okay, okay. And they're going to build a modern looking home, which is basically- All right, all right. Okay, I understand that. I respect yeah. that. And also he could just be being sarcastic saying- we could put more here. That's possible too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, this is like another one. He wishes that people California had more style versus the modern boxes. But yeah, um, hold on. Let me actually go back to because you know, I would love to have you're Joel saying, on. No, no, what, explain what, this. No, no. I, I'm going to go back to that one. But what you're saying refers to this one right here. So this is Solana Beach. So that's a beautiful community. Mm -hmm um along uh san diego coast this this definitely applies to what you're saying because i think in this post he's mentioning that they're going to be creating like condominiums i think so mm -hmm. it says solana beach done kicked out all the remaining mexican community in eg ethan gardens my question to these developers and city officials who green light this nonsense where do you expect everyone to go? So many other generational families have built this town since the 1920s when Track and Del Mar was created. Heartbroken to think that this will soon be mass condensed living at costs nobody can afford. So I think this is where he's referring to like, you know, the community from back then is, you know, those buildings being demolished and becoming condominiums. And that's where your comment, I think, applies precisely. Yeah, I mean, I would actually love to know. Uh, and look, I would like Joel to come on. Obviously a great guy, Dude, a well thought out guy. Um, yeah. I would I would love to know, uh, and we, we would be honored for him to come on. I mean, let's be honest about that. But I would like to know what his solutions are because the one thing is a lot of times on the internet you hear everybody's problems. I want to know what their solutions are. If they if they were in charge, what would they do? Would they say, hey, look, you can't build in these great places or what, what kind of restrictions would they put in place? How sustainable would that be? I would like to know those things because... You know, one thing I feel like you can really bridge the gap bipartisanly if everybody's talking about problems. Like I could talk to a socialist about their problems and we would agree like 90% of the time. 
where we would probably disagree, actually, we would definitely disagree, oh, is the solutions, yeah. like how we would run this thing. And I think that's kind of where uh, a, lot, a lot of people can say problems, what are the solutions? And I think we can kind of meet common ground on some of them. But realistically, when you're running a city, when you're passing legislation, how would you really approach this one size fits all for a county, for a city? These are tough decisions. And, and I don't I would like to hear his thoughts on that, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, I mean, to I predict if he was involved in the community in terms of like holding an, a political office of some sort. And again, if we could get him on, that would be incredible because I don't want to speak for him. But based on mm -hmm. his post here of this uh, adorable ranch home that he's referring to from the 1920s, mm -hmm. um, he's saying basically that uh, he doesn't like the fact that someone's probably going to tear this down and build a McMansion. And he's saying, mm -hmm. I wish somebody in the Coastal Commission had some style in regards to historical architect architecture preservation. So if he was on the Coastal Commission or the Planning Commission of some sort, mm -hmm. I would imagine he his, his policy that he would push is to preserve preserve right. whatever's in the community from the past. So that's probably what he would end up doing. You know, one thing about like, and I, I've never been a legislator or anything, but I do know that you might be they have, one day. they have to be objective, right? We all know style art is subjective. How do you enforce that? Right. You know, I don't like Nanette, the comedy special, but I know that art is subjective. And how would you, how would you really legislate that? Look, it's got to look cool to, a seven on this board. You can't really do that. You know what I mean? Right. But that's where you have to listen to your constituents. But at the same I agree. time, but how you do you are 100% right. Though. I agree. You listen to your constituents, but how do you tell developers, hey, make that look cool? Let me see those final designs. Not cool. I don't think this is cool. We're not going to let you do it. That's so much control. I have a feeling that Joel wouldn't like that much control. And that would probably be the perfect guy that with control. Right. I'm assuming that, but I, I have a feeling that Joel wouldn't like these boards to have that much control. But Joel, please come on, and we would love to have <laughs> you. Himself, much respect yeah. for you. You know, honestly, yeah, 100%. keep it up. I, keep doing what you're doing. I did see that uh, one of his uh, his position on the reason why San Diego has changed, let alone all these com uh, coastal communities, Orange County, L.A., mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. San Diego is uh like for example he had mentioned I'll, I'll read what the san diego tribune had said about um back then qualcomm so joel was referring to qualcomm the reason things started changing and evolving was because that tech company came in qualcomm mm -hmm. and ever since then it's been a hub of uh you know things for all these techies so uh, is that right a problem here, or is, is that good you know so I, i'm about to start giving my opinion shortly but i think um because I kind of wanted to provide all that information from his perspective first. I I but um, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. But basically, Qualcomm has um, definitely been the innovation hub for San Diego, and it has brought mm -hmm. up home prices. I think even Apple has thought about buying a university city, or I think it did actually. It did buy a university, university city, um, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it bought a campus for $445 million, um, that And, and something to, Joel, to, to Joel's point, Whenever I'm driving through the aid in Mission Valley, I most of the time I like wonder in my head, what did this look like before all oh, Hotel Circle and all this here? That must have been majestic for the first peoples to be walking through Mission Valley and going to the beach. Amazing. But I also accept that we're where we are. Those hotels aren't going away. 
right you know it it is what it is but i do understand his point of let's get all the stuff off the beach i get it but ai is coming that's how i feel about it you know yeah there's certain things you just can't change um yeah improvement evolvement of some sort it definitely mm -hmm. is gonna uh, upset certain people from the past gentrification being that matter yeah. um i think a lot of time though um in situations where gentrification occurs um it tends to go after areas that were not necessarily safe or as beautiful or nice as most people would say and then people come in and improve it um however in the coastal area what's nice about san diego which is what i like and i'm sure you could agree is there's that element of of um embracing the past of san diego being that real legit beach town surfer orange county was like that at one point years ago mm -hmm. it's changed completely to just luxury and um corporations being all over there and i think that's probably going to happen to san diego unfortunately in a way and i think that's where he's pushing back and i was looking for a comment here where he was making fun of like a a dude that was um someone was saying like why, why is this all happening all these architecture why is it all changing and he's saying because all these techies are coming in and i can't find the comment i wish i could right now but basically the guy's like oh i'm i'm one of those techies and then the the guys I could see, I called it, but it was just funny in the, in the caption, but I can't find it. Oh, well, I mean, I would feel the same way about like a techie saying like these bum surfers, I would feel the same thing. Like, why are you judging the surfers? Why are you judging the jujitsu practitioners? I would feel the same way. And I feel like judging the techies, if you think about what techies really are, honestly, if you think about the advancements we've done, um, for human history through technology. It's kind of insane how many people are brought out of poverty, <clears throat> how it's kind of lifted everyone. Right. Um, you know, it's easy to dunk on the techies because they're like in air conditioning on their computers, but <sighs> they're providing a lot of value to people that are impoverished, believe it or not, are benefiting from techies. So 100%. They're not really benefiting from servers. Let's be honest about that. But Still but they're, but surfers leave people alone. Yeah, the techies. Look, there's, techies, there's techies that are servers, but I still respect the surfer. I still respect how people right. live their life. Right. But it's just you're kind of being judgmental towards someone in, in an industry that has helped humanity. That's all. I'm yes, saying. and I, and I and I agree with that. The only thing is, there comes a point where they come in, techies come in, and then they start protruding their values and their thoughts and opinions policy onto everyone else. And because they might make more money or they might be more valuable in terms of what they put into the economy, that they end up feeling that their voice matters more than the people that might be from that community, like in the surf community or whatever it might be. So I think, I think there's that balance where we kind of have to try and figure out the, mm -hmm. you know, where the importance kind of lies on which side. And, and that's what's very difficult. Right. Um, yeah. And, and this is why I want to show you a video and everybody else listening by Jordan Peterson. He kind of talks about conscientious people and creative right. people. And I'm not going to play the whole video, obviously, only like a minute or minute and a half. And he basically talks you about need both. How, you need, you both, need both, but how, how a community changes 
mm-hmm. through the effects of conscientious people and creative people and how they're both needed, like you said, because if you do only have one, it's, it's, it's going to be chaotic. So you need a, a blend of both. And he's going to explain it very thoroughly, kind of what you're mentioning, Chris. So I'm going to play it mm-hmm. for people to listen to. Let me just make sure the audio is good. So check this out. It's pretty brilliant. Real estate related, community related. Very good. Uh, um, unexplored territory inside an unexplored territory. Every world is like that. Everywhere you go is like that. There's things you know and there's things you don't know. And the conservative people like to be in the middle of the things that are known. Conscientious people. It's, it's, and, and they can master that space and they're good at maintaining it. But the artists like to be right out on the edge. And that's the edge between chaos and order. And they like to expand the, dimension, the domain of order out into the chaos. And they do that first by transforming perception. And you can see very concrete examples of this if you think about what creative people do in cities. They always do this. Listen to this. This is crazy. They're they're starving to death, and this is partly why. But they they go in a city, and they look at some ratty area that's sort of quasi-criminal, and that's seen better days. And they go there, and they think, you know, with a little work, this can be cool. And so then they rush in there, and they build some galleries and show some art. And they civilize it a bit, and then a coffee shop pops up. And, you know, the next thing you know, the... The, the yuppies move in because they're sort of creative, but also kind of conservative. So they're the next ones into the frontier. And then the develop- Yuppies are people that make high income. That's what he meant, like young people. And then he's saying the developers come in, so I'll keep playing it. But that's okay because then the artists go off and rejuvenate some other area. And that's what artists do is that they're transforming chaos into order all the time. That's where they live. They live on that edge. And so it's a very tough place to live because you can fall into the chaos at any time. This is kind of blowing my mind, actually, because I just wrote recently um, in the commemorative book for the 150th year at the gallery that uh, science uh, helps us understand the world, whereas artists create a world that we can understand. It's just that they're, they're sort of op- they, they, it amounts to the same, but they're, they're opposite approaches. Mm-hmm. Like, artists have said that. Artists the surfer and the tech. Yeah. Understanding. You know, the, the artist bears the same relationship to society that the dream bears to to mental life. Like when you're dreaming at night, you're actually pretty creative when you're dreaming. So basically, I mean, that was that. I mean, I think that was pretty incredible because I saw this a couple of years ago or whatever. But it was it was brilliant. I mean, I highly suggest whoever's listening and watching listen to that whole entire talk, yeah. and it's pretty amazing about conscientious people versus creative people, the differences and. How, why they vote for different policy. It's pretty, pretty unique. But I heard you say something about surfer. I feel like the surfer is also an artist. So in a way, this is the surfer and the tech, the surfer and the tech. I, I feel like there's, you know, there's always a yin and a yang and, yeah. you know, either side of the picket line, there's people making great points and there's people making bad points on both sides. Right. right. And you kind of want to be the understanding person on either side. You want to be the person willing to hear people out. And I think that's where you come up with the best ideas is when they get in that yang, argue it out, talk it out, and they figure out a solution to it. And I, I get Joel's points, and you know, I think uh, I think he sounds like somebody willing to work it out with someone. But you know, I think the biggest problem is we're not having these conversations enough, especially on a uh, legislative level. He's not seeing results, and I feel like. Uh, a lot of people feel that way. You're not really, we have these conversations as people. You see it on podcasts, on YouTube, these conversations. We don't really see the people writing the law. 
doing these things. It's either this side or this side. We don't see them talking it out like we do in real life. I think that's what we need to see more of. I totally agree with that. Um, well, the whole thing with the whole wokeness and cancellation, it doesn't allow for people on both sides to talk because someone gets offended or upset, even on the right too, they get offended. I mean, they don't get so much offended, let's be honest, but they might get more angry, they do. They do. yell. But there's like, there's these people on both sides who use this. Uh, sure. It's called pearl clutching is what it is. Oh my God. Did you say that? Oh my God. You know, and that's yeah. what it is. It's like, yeah, it's like this, 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 uh, disingenuous, uh, expression of emotion. Gotcha moment. And those are not people that are in there's people in, in every group that are like that. Those are not people trying to solve the problem. That's what we're focused on. We're business people. We're also um, people that want the best for the people around us. And we're worried about solving problems. We're not worried about the problem. We're trying to You're solve talking about like you and I or you and I, Nick Sway. Sway too. You know, yeah. that's what we do here. We solve right. problems. We don't. And cause we, we all we all for the most part have different political views too. Not that I want to throw that out there, but no, like I agree with that. where we fall, but we're pretty all different a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, I'm looking forward to the nice. 2024 presidential debate between you and Andrew. Or sorry, you and Nick. Me and Sway are gonna meme the shit out of both of you when you have it. But I'm looking forward to that. That'll probably be Nick's last episode. I think, I mean, I think you said it earlier in the episode when the viewer was asking, is he going to be on the next podcast or is he out? I think, uh, I think you're right. I think he's has that built up anger about yep. something and we might've said or going to say that he's just going to throw it out there and we're going to banter a little bit with him. And that was from saints fan four twenty sixty nine. That's pretty cool. And where, yeah. where was that on Twitter or where was that? YouTube? Yeah. 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 That was on Twitter. Nice. Okay. That's really yeah. cool. I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, that person threw that out there. Um, Great questions. Great questions. Please send questions, like, yes. subscribe first. We'll know if you don't. By the way, what are you drinking today? I want people to, you know, whatever they're drinking while they're listening to this. H or maybe you H2O. shouldn't drink. It just depends what you're doing. What are you drinking? H2O. Oh, good for you, dude. Club soda and vodka. <laughs> I literally thought you were drinking water only. What kind yeah. of vodka do you drink, though? I like Tito's, man. I'm like most people when it okay. comes to vodka. I like a good Tito's. I like a good Kettle One. But Kettle One's good. That's Costco, like people, right? Or no? I, I don't think it's Kirkland. I could be wrong about that. I don't think it's Kirkland, though. But uh, I oh, think Kirkland, people... Sorry. Kettle One's I've, had, I've challenged a couple people to tell me the difference between Tito's, Kettle One. I even think Grey Goose, and people couldn't do it. So I challenged everybody to that. Good. Grey Goose is kind of lower quality than both of those, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's vodka. You know what I mean? Gray, gray Goose used to be something I would drink when I would go clubbing. I mean, it's mainly day. it's mainly branding. You know, yeah. that bottle looks sick. Great, it branding. looks sick, especially when the girls bring it out with the the little oh, like yeah. fireworks or whatever, and yeah. they're pumping it out. I mean, yeah. it's a good marketing campaign for sure. For sure, you know. I'm drinking a single barrel bourbon whiskey, Blanton's. Damn. If you were here, Chris, you would have had some, but you didn't come out here today. It's okay. Yeah. But look at the horse. It's pretty good stuff. Right. Right. Um, okay. So moving on to real estate, just it's a very quick update. I know we're a real estate podcast, Major League Baseball. Um, basically, the Case Shiller Index, which basically 
um, reviews like year to year growth in national. Uh, but the 10, 10 city deposit uh, composite is basically the 10 metropolitan largest cities in, in nationwide. Year to year, home prices went up 6.23% from the November numbers. They're always backed by like three months. So um, prices are going up. I mean, we all kind of knew that that was going to happen, especially when rates were starting to fall end of last year. So once the December numbers come up in January, that 10 year um, composite home price index is going to be probably mm -hmm. higher than 6.24%. Um, so another thing, um, CPI came out. CPI was higher than expected on core, uh, which excludes like grocery and energy prices, but basically it was higher than what everybody expected. The jobs report came in higher. Um, but basically it's showing an improvement in the economy to an extent. Um, and it basically shows that inflation is probably growing. So with that said, mortgage rates have increased in the last month, month and a half. And, um, Early or late last year, we were seeing mortgage rates falling. Things were looking good. Things are still looking good now, by the way. Uh, late, la or late last year was about 6.5%. Now we're looking around 7%. So let me just show you here on my screen. The 10-year yield, which is what we follow for the mortgage rates correlated. So the 10-year yield is going back up. So as we could see, end of last year, um, from October the 10 year yield went up, which is basically the yield on treasuries, the rate. And then it started going down into 2024. And now it's popped back up because CPI inflation is looking worse. Um, and basically the federal reserve, which kind of controls the monetary policy in the United States. Um, it was projected that they were going to cut their rates down. And that's why mortgage rates fell last year, uh, late last year and early this year, that things were good. But because CPI is looking higher now, there was it was projected that Fed funds rate by the Federal Reserve was going to fall in March next month. But now it's projected it's going to be June, and that's why mortgage rates went up. So if you have questions, throw some comments. Moving on mm -hmm. to Steve Garvey. What do you think about Steve Garvey? Well, like most people listening to this, I have no idea who the hell he is. <laughs> How do you not know who Steve Garvey is, dude? He's a Dodger. Oh. That's why you just answered Maybe it. That's why. But can I say something that yeah. you should probably know a little bit about being a Padre yep. fan? Yep. He played for the Padres for five years. Did we win a championship with him? I actually don't think so. No, we've never won a championship. I forgot all about all those players. Oh, except for Tony Gwynn and Clay Hensley. Great guy. Okay, so I don't know for sure if Steve Garvey. Got a World Series at Padres. I know he did at the. We've Dodgers never won, bro. We've okay. never won. Wait, the Padres yeah. never got a World Series. We went to one. We played against the Yankees. Yeah. Your I'm second totally, favorite team out of three. I'm totally screwing with you because I kind of knew that, and oh, I just wanted okay. you to project it All out right. so everybody knows that your team has never won. At least my team, the Angels, has. So this is worse than the Portland homicides. Hmm. Hmm? Go on. Um, okay. Oh, okay. So again, we're not a politics uh, nope. podcast. The not only reason why we're mentioning Steve Garvey is because he's going to be running for a Senate seat in California. And the only reason why that was even brought up is one, he's a major league baseball player, former, and two, 
um, I came across Diane Feinstein's real estate and she has a, the sickest pads in the country. And mm -hmm. because of that, I stumbled upon that, which I'll share with you. And because of her death, unfortunately, that recently happened, Steve Garvey, Adam Schiff and Katie Porter and Barbara something are mm -hmm. running for her, her position. So let's check out her real estate real quick. She's still alive, right? She died in oh, last year. She died late, late last year. That's why we're talking about this. Rest in peace. I know. Let me put it. So I, I actually was trying to bring up the San Francisco Chronicle because I wanted to see it from the, her hometown. But unfortunately, you got to pay um, mm. to see it. So whoever's watching, I'm not trying to be political. I'm going to look up the New York Post because they, they show her real estate. That was the only website I could find at the quick glance that I was doing this. Um, sure sounds like free. it, though. That was free. No, no. I tried the San Francisco Chronicle, and, and that's obviously left, which is totally fine. But you have to pay to see the whole – see, I clicked on it. That's why it's purple. Um, but mm -hmm. here is – right here. It doesn't let you see it. So we're going to go to the New York Post because it's the only way I can see it. Right. So I didn't know this, Chris. I don't know if you knew this, but she was married to a billionaire. Did you know that? I had no idea, but it makes sense now. Yeah, but she was like totally against uh, business Billionaires? People. You yeah. mean she's projecting? Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> so she, uh, he died in 2022. She died late 2023. I think in September. So that's her husband, late husband. That's her. Unfortunately, she died. I don't agree necessarily with her politics too much, but you know, it's sad. That's the one benefit of being a man. You What's never that? have to say goodbye. <laughs> they got to do it first. That's it. That's true. That's all we got. That's all we got. Usually, fellas. Usually the guy dies, right? First. That's what they say. Let me... Um. So, okay. So this article goes over her real estate, her luxury real estate properties. Maybe I'll play the video because I don't really feel like reading through it. It's a quick quick video by a reporter, I think from the New York Post. On this San Francisco love tower. What maybe was less known, particularly in light of our political leanings, is that she was also extremely wealthy. She Big time. was already wealthy in her own right through their money she inherited from her family. She also married a gentleman by the name of Richard Blubbaum, who made a ton of money, you know, on Wall Street and in investing. She had a great money life. They jetted around on a private Gulf Stream. She had a giant, beautiful home in Washington, D.C. They had this beautiful vacation house in Hawaii. They had a vacation house in Northern California. There were some. Okay, so basically, she had yeah, I mean, some. That guy, that guy, like, I'll listen to this to fall asleep. That guy is boring as hell. Boring. <laughs> well, that's why I stopped it. But <laughs> I mean, dude, her residence in DC is is seven point four million. I mean, this lady has a lot of real estate that was very, very. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's yeah. insane, especially when you take into account. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. A lot of people don't don't know this, but um, Hawaii, that's a, that Hawaii. is crazy because. If you looked at the place like Chuck Schumer and his friends live in in D.C., it's like six senators living in this frat boy apartment. Like, like, have you seen that video? No, I haven't. No. Can you can you send it to me so I can throw it up? Yeah, if yeah. I'm gonna, send, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the link right now. Okay, it's a. Uh, it's insane. You're like, wait, wait, wait. 
these are the people running the the country. Um, yeah, like so if you're you... if you're working for government, I don't think you should be somehow finding a way to become such a multimillionaire when your salary is really a lot lower. But somehow they do favors and they yeah. become multimillionaires, and then they throw policy out there to hurt other millionaires. It's kind of you know hip, hypocritical. But um, I don't want to bash her. I mean, she passed away. If she was look in the private her, chat. Huh? Look in the private chat. That's a good video. It's uh, Chuck Schumer and company living in a frat house. Uh, this is a great video. I'm all right, all right. Let me let me play. Hold on, I'm just trying to present it. You can see it, right? Yep. I never the seen Alpha this. House. This be fun. Alpha House. Alpha House. I thought you know it's a frat house. Is this is this like recent though? Oh, this was 2013. No, yeah, this is a while ago, but it's Chuck Schumer 10 years ago. Okay, let's check it out. Sheets covering the windows, broken blinds, a mangled chair covered up with a wood board, an ancient stove with a giant hole, and yes, that's underwear in the living room. What looks and feels like the most rundown frat house on campus is actually the Capitol Hill home of some of the most powerful men in Washington. Welcome to Omega House. I love what you've done with the place. Thank you. Dick Durbin <laughs> and Chuck Schumer, the second and third ranking Senate Democrats, the live here together. Now the first. You guys get the rent from them? <laughs> Their landlord yeah. and third roommate is Democratic Congressman George Miller. The house is so legendary, it inspired a new TV series, Alpha House. Except no the way. Senate roommates in the Amazon.com show are Republicans. We want to say or believe in they have a sense are of humor. nothing like us. <laughs> Don't even begin to think so. When people see this house, they're going to know because in the show, it's a little bit nicer. Yeah. They have a thing where... This is insane. Oh, wait, Miller, yeah. the owner, started taking in tenants more Diane than 30 Feinstein years ago. Problem. The house hasn't been updated <laughs> no. since. Well, we stopped buying LPs. Uh, that was when the music stopped. The but you same actually have exact, a record player here. Yes, the same yes. exact records are there now as the day I moved in, in 1982. The best part about it are the products <laughs> that are on this, the, this the is, cassette player. This is, is this my, an this is my uh, medicine cabinet yep. right here. I didn't know you were a metrosexual. Wow. <laughs> Smooth as could be. That's important. Whose closet is, is this? Is <laughs> oh, Mr. Neat. <laughs> Mr. Neat's closet. Hey. Schumer's stuff is strewn all over the living room. Seriously, this is where you sleep every night? Every night. This is Dirty legit. And you wake up yeah. to... What's the CNN? I mean, nobody can argue that. You know, out you a little bit. He said, this is the most that you've ever made your bed. Just for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Wow. And the blinds, I mean, if he said those comments nowadays, let's be honest. Can you imagine? Yes. Well, a guy can see I mean, it's all hypocritical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't to get out of bed. I mean, look, let's be honest. They probably have nice places... On the other, like where their constituent, oh. like where their states are, right? But oh yeah, yeah, they, for sure. But it is interesting to know these guys were like solve trying to solve, you know, 2008 crisis living in this thing. That's kind of funny. Partying, you know? yeah. It's I don't I, mean, I don't think they party. Are, I think they're just like I think they're look, just dirty. Look how old they are. Boys. If yeah. if you and I were frat boys and we weren't with anyone right now, I mean, we could kind of get away with it because we're still young, technically young. But like these guys are, we're not men. running the country, yeah, and we're not running the country, yeah. I mean, I mean that's a big deal. But it's interesting, you know, Diane Feinstein has these huge properties because of her husband, and you got Chuck Schumer here living here, uh, probably the majority of the time. You know, um, I don't know, how, I don't know how often he flies home, but I would think a lot of the time he's there. 
Dude, I was in DC in December, first time ever, and it was a great experience. I got to witness how these people live, and it's um, in a in a way, and it was pretty high end luxury, to be honest with you. Um, imagine, I can see why a lot of people want to go back home. To be honest, imagine you're a real estate agent, and you like you find out you have four senators who want to like, you know, take your services, and you're like, oh wait, you guys want to live in a frat house, four people. <laughs> This is not the score I thought it was. 100%, dude. And I think Diane Feinstein, by the way, like I said, a lot of people don't want to go, like, they won't, don't want to leave DC. Mm -hmm. And I, that, I mean, let's be honest, whether you like Diane Feinstein or not, and this applies to Republicans, Democrats, I mean, I feel that she was in that position way too long. I think since 1992, she was a senator for California, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, she obviously became very frail in the past years, and she still held on to that position. Up until her death, I feel like that's why people say term limits. Um, anyways, without getting too political, um, as we're I'll tell you right now, insider information. I have a contact close to the source. There were people high up in the Democratic Party in CNN who were wondering why she was still in office two years before she, unfortunately, RIP. I know that for a fact. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But um, but if you but you don't have to go there because you know the sentiment in California. She was a California senator. People were like, "All right, when are you going to pass the torch?" Like, there was a point where she couldn't even talk to children that came like came into the office. You know what I mean? Like, and she still was like voting on policy, which is pretty wild yeah. to me. It, the last year she was in office, it was sad when she was like in these you know, meetings, whenever she did show up, it was sad, you know, it was sad. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, someone like that, they choose responsible to be responsible to it becomes the handler who kind of chooses yeah. how they vote or whatever. But yeah, long story short, stumbled upon Steve Garvey because he's running for her position. Now, currently a woman by the name of LaFonza Butler has taken the place of Feinstein since her passing late last year. I think she was appointed by uh, Gavin Newsom. So now there's Katie Porter, there's Barbara, there's Adam Schiff, the guy who talked about Russia collusion, and um, Steve Garvey. The last time a Republican won the Senate seat in California was 1988. Steve Garvey, FY, is Republican. He is running um, some of his quotes just to say, and before I get to the quotes, he won a World Series with the Dodgers in 1981. You know, he never got Traitor. you guys the Padres <laughs> World Series, unfortunately for the out. Padres. Um, so this is, this is recently what he said about why he's running or why he would be good, I guess. Um, I'm running for all the people and my opponents can't say that. They're only running for half the people. They show it every day. They go to Congress and they're there to forward their career. Going back to what we were saying, he says... I'll be a one-term six-year senator who will step up to the plate. Baseball analogy. I like that. Oh, every day and go to bat for the people. Another one. Baseball analogy of California who know there's a better life and need somebody to be their voice. They'll be the wind beneath my wings too. He added. Um, pretty cool. I guess he says, um, these steel and smash mobs that are going around kind of like we were saying last podcast are something that started in the last year or two. 
Not only is it about thievery, it's about danger to the people. So that's kind of why he's running. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. I mean, I, I like the pitch. Um, I would be interested interested to know what Joel thought about the Steel and Smash mobs. What his opinions are about that. That would be that would be good to know. I mean, I really would like to have him on so he can kind of talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's a very I, I've seen his interviews and he's pretty honest, blunt dude. So yeah, it would. Yeah. I, I can I can I say something that's a little controversial? Go for it. I don't know if we could have Nick on for that podcast. I think Joel would, might be a little too high, strung and blunt that I think Nick would get upset. But maybe it would be fun. Wow, I'm surprised to hear that. <laughs> Why? I mean, I was thinking that Joel and Nick agreed with a lot of the same things. Good point. You think so? Really? Actually, I don't know why I said a good point. I would have to know more about Joel. Yeah, I don't know too much about him besides what we talked about. Right. Yeah. So according to a poll of some sort, it looks like he's neck and neck with Schiff in a way on certain topics. Like Mm -hmm. crime, 32% are favoring Schiff, 25% are favoring Garvey. Homelessness, 29% are favoring Schiff. 26% 26% are favoring Garvey. Um, immigration, 32% are favoring Schiff. 27% are, are favoring Garvey. So um, he's kind of he's kind of close to Schiff. I feel, I, I mean, realistically, I think Schiff's probably going to win because he's a Democrat mm-hmm. senator, but yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens. And just to be clear, we're now talking about congressmen, not senators. We're talking about senators. He's running for a Senate position. Are we? Yeah. Uh, Dianne Feinstein was a U.S. senator for California. So there's only two senators per state. Um, We're not talking about House of Representatives. No. Adam Schiff is a U.S. representative. No, no, I know that. Um, But I'm saying he's running for... Senate position. Oh, so Schiff's running for Senate. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's running for Senate. Oh. So is Katie Porter. Sorry, I should. Okay. If I didn't say that, uh, my bad. Okay. Adam Schiff is running I didn't know that. for that okay. position. I mean, oh, did, wow. he got suspended last year. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that was interesting. I I didn't know. I didn't know he was actually running for senator. Okay. Yeah, he's running for senator. And right. He's probably going to win. I think or Porter. Porter's probably going to win too. One of the, one of the two. I think, you know, it's anyways, I'm not going to go into it. Anyways, let's keep it kosher. Let's keep it kosher. I don't like I'm going to be honest with you. I, I just feel like I don't like disingenuous people. I, I feel like I like people who say what they actually feel. And when you get those partisan things going on, it's just not, you know, genuine. You know, okay, so because um, we're almost wrapping it up. And lastly, we do have a guest coming on who's a minor league baseball player, professional baseball player. So he's got a lot of cool insight to give us about baseball, how he applies pressure to, you know, exceed, succeed in life and things like that. So it would be very cool to have him on questions you might have for him, Chris, so that I can go ahead and ask him. You're supposed to be there too, but uh, I just want people to kind of, you know, get a little excited about this person coming on. Well, I think most people don't realize um, there's like, more than I think there's more than four 
minor leagues that are exist. Triple um, A, I think there's a quad A, double uh, A, single A. Most people don't realize the journey that minor league players have to go through just to get to baseball to MLB. Right. And so it'd be good to get his insight on that challenge, that struggle. I remember watching the New Orleans Zephyrs play, and every game they're playing like their livelihood, you know, depended on it, and for obvious reasons. So it'd be good to get his insight on that struggle itself. Totally agree. I mean, one quick story, like you mentioned, there was a Josh Hamilton in terms of like the lifestyle, the heartache they go through. Josh Hamilton, he was a Ranger, Major League Baseball player. He played in the minor league and he was a, I think he was a Pizza Hut delivery uh, guy while he was in the minor league. So these guys go through some brutal, brutal stuff. It's not easy. So that's some grit. Almost as bad as being a pizza delivery driver without a minor league contract. <laughs> I mean, that's why, you know, usually when you take that yeah. job, you want you don't want that to be your destination, right? So I agree with yeah. that. That's a hard although job. We, although we do love pizza on this podcast, so keep on delivering them. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. that kind of wraps it up. Do you want to do you have any final last words or something you want to bring up before we get going? Um, I guess the only thing I'll say is uh if you're not a Dodgers fan, become one. We need everybody to become Dodgers fans for the next two years. Two years, be a Dodgers fan. We're going to crush Sway and his army, his minions. <laughs> We're coming for you. We're going to make it to where when Dodgers go to games, all they see is blue hats. When they walk down the street, only blue hats. When they're celebrating for a World Series, we're going to be right there celebrating with them. We're going to ruin this moment for them. They got all <laughs> the pitch. A Dodger fan we now. know that. We're all Dodgers fans. We're in the Matrix. That's all I have to say. We're in the Matrix. <laughs> so would you say the Dodgers are like the uh, Mr. Smiths now? We're all Dodgers. <laughs> That's funny. I'd like to see what Sway thinks about this. Hopefully he watches this podcast and uh, we'll get into We're that. We're coming too. for you, Sway. We're coming for you. Like and subscribe, everybody who watched. Share this comment. Let us know what you like, dislike. If you see on the far right corner of the podcast, um, limited supply, limited edition, a full count um, trademark you know, logo of our hat. We're going to be giving some away to certain people. So send us your email. We'll pick out maybe out of a hat, the top people that might've got chosen like a little raffle style. So it'll be exciting. So go ahead and do that and uh, rock it when you, if you win. Cheers, everybody.